Welcome back to Cinebrüder. And today is a special day. This is the first episode of Cinebrüder International. Every once in a while we will produce uh, an episode in English for our non-German speaking listeners or just supporters who want to listen to an episode in English once in a while. And for this special occasion, we invited um, a special guest, And please welcome Christian Springer from New Jersey, America. Christian, thanks a lot um, that you uh, followed our invitation. Very happy to be here. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, so the Cinebrüder International specials um, are hosted by me, Christoph, um, because Niels isn't that into meeting international guests, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, from what I understand, Niels hates me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, maybe we can that settle later. Um, so, uh, in these uh, special episodes, uh, we want to talk about a specific film. We want to keep it short, um, 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops. And Christian, you just saw a film that uh, premiered in the UK last year, I think um, Christmas 2018. Huge success. Um, I don't know uh, if it premiered in America yet. However, it premiered in Germany uh, last week. Um, I'm speaking of They Shall Never Grow Old, the documentary about the First World War, um, produced, directed, and I don't know what else, by Peter Jackson. Um, Christian, what are your impressions? What are your thoughts on They Shall Never Grow Old? Yeah, so it was incredible. Um, I went into it knowing that there would be colorized footage, um, But then I completely forgot when I sat down to watch. And so, you know, if you've seen it, you'll, you'll see, and I, spoiler alert, a good chunk of the, the very beginning is, is black and white. It's an old aspect ratio, the square footage, just fast-paced, um, you know, just antique footage. And then, then all of a sudden, um, you know, it goes 16 by 9, it pushes in, and then the colors just pop. And... I was amazed. I was absolutely amazed. Because again, like I knew it was in color. Like I knew like, oh, this is Christian, go see this movie, this documentary about World War One. It's in color. And then like you actually see it and like it's incredible. It I mean it, you're you're transported. You're transported a mm. hundred to to over a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um so. Yeah. Maybe we should uh first start with um working out our microphone situation. And then Uh, we should uh, explain a little uh, about the history of the film. So, um, yeah, you mentioned already they took archive footage of um, First World War. And we see British soldiers. And um, it is narrated by five or six veterans. No, not five or six i mean dozens i'm pretty sure dozens mm, okay and the, the, uh, their names are their names are listed at the end um they're strung together to create a narrative for the entire film yeah. um 
So they took the archive footage with this, with its um, its um, black and white. Um, it's silent. Uh, so uh, I think you you all know what we're talking about. We're talking about the footage you see in in, in regular documentaries. And what Peter Jackson and his team uh, did, they uh, colorized it, and I think they uh, lip synced it. If that's the right term. I'm looking at you. Lip sync. Lip lip sync. Oh well, we're talking about two different things. Um, not only was the footage colorized, but it was sound engineered, um, incredibly, in, incredibly well. Yeah. Um, yeah but I think they. Um, how are these guys uh, called? Here are, you know, you just look at your lips moving, and they know what you're talking. Oh, lip readers. Lip, lip, lip readers. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, sure, they must have employed the use of lip readers to fill in some of the silent footage um, with wow. what the subjects were probably saying when the footage was taken. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we, we just follow uh, these veterans uh, from the very beginning of the war. Um, they uh, enlisted. They, um, they are very um, happy, cheerful to go into war. I mean... From the beginning, the idea is underage teenage boys were enlisting, um, and they really hit that point hard. And the the um, oh yeah, isn't it incredible when the one guy uh, 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 tells us that he's he wasn't he was like fifteen years old by the time, and so he went to this office, and the the I don't know lieutenant sergeant whatever. Uh, said, oh, how old are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm turning 16. Uh, next week, oh, maybe come back and say you're 19. <laughs> or have yeah. a C come back after you've had a couple more birthdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally walked back in and enlisted. And that was true for, you know, I don't know, uh, thousands, thousands of, of, of soldiers, probably both in, in Britain, Germany. It's certainly true for the United States. Um, and then you think, well, you know, these would be the ones, if they survived the war, Maybe they would be the ones that lasted the longest, um, died the latest um, in their old age. But uh, so, you know, from the very beginning, they're like, yeah, this was a war being fought between, you know, technically men. Yes. But really, people younger than, you know, these these teenagers younger than I am um, now, which is insane to think about. Yeah. So then um, they are moving to the actual battlefront uh, in Belgium. And uh, what I found quite interesting were, um, were these little anecdotes, little stories about their everyday life at the battlefront. Um, so um, the, the major part of the movie isn't about fighting, it's about how they lived there, how they survived. Yeah, I mean... Again, it's not something we think about, especially a hundred years later. Um, where I think we're a lot more familiar with um, modern warfare in a way, the use of drones, and and um, we don't really think of hand to hand combat. But but the point is, there was downtime. There <laughs> there there was plenty of time that they weren't shooting at each other. Um, and they had to fill that time. So it was either, and we're talking now, so, you know, enlisted, they were sent, and now they're in the trenches. 
um, there was downtime that they had to fill. Um, and most striking was that they were not in um, constant um, combat. I mean, constant combat, yes, but their demeanor, they, they just, the entire, um, it's very British. You know, it was very, they took it in stride. They, they, they literally, in the, in the documentary, they, they said, the, the, narr- the soldiers narrating, there was a job to do and they did it. And that was what got them through, whether they were climbing out of the trench and advancing and trying to capture and then push back the German line or whether they were just trying to kill time. It's like they, again, again, this, it's a, such a well-done documentary because they say it. They say, back in those days, the men or men in general, did as they were told, and they didn't question it. Um, and so no matter what they were doing, whether they were fighting, whether they were playing cards, uh, whatever, living in these terrible conditions, they just did it. Mm. Um, yeah, you mentioned um, uh, a very Britishness in this documentary, um, so, um, and what popped up in my uh, in my head was um, the, the the numerous stories about how they uh, boiled cook uh, boiled uh, tea, <laughs> so they use everything f- to to make tea. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, having a cup of tea in their downtime, yeah. or so the one guy said, "Oh yeah," and I was shot in my belly, and uh, yeah, the I don't know, one guy gave me a cup of tea, and that's it. <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing. Um, Okay, two um, things I want to discuss. Um, the effects, uh, especially the explosions. Um, one of the explosions I'm talking about um, is already in the trailer. I'm talking about this this massive explosion. I think it's from a mine. Doesn't it, sound, doesn't it look amazing? Brilliant. What, that, that amazing. The explosion. Of course, yeah, and well, that they were able to colorize it, and yeah. in, in it doesn't look cartoonish. Yeah. And that uh, leads me to my point. Did you have the impression that they might have used some CGI? Um, I, I want to say no. I, I think CGI. We think of Toy Story and and Pixar films, and so. I, I'm not using technical language here, but I would say no, there was no CGI. Now, were um, computers employed in the colorization process? Uh, probably, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with modern colorization practices, but um, no, I think maybe what made it look a little CGI was um, you're you're taking film and putting it on that giant screen so you do lose detail and then you color it in and uh, you know certainly it's <laughs> this footage when colorized it looks like something that you could make from scratch on a computer but no i i really don't think cgi was used of course it's something we can google <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and then <clears throat> i followed a discussion um uh about this documentary um another german uh cinema show and they had this short discussion about do do we actually need those documentaries because they had the impression uh 
they might promote war they might promote first world war uh do we need that and uh, maybe it's i mean i know what you're going to say it's very german um to have this discussion uh But uh, yeah, wh what are your thoughts? Do we need this documentary? Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't watch this. I'm glad I can't speak fluent German. No, I'm not. I wish I could. No, that's so wrong. The assertion that this documentary is glorifying war, it does the exact opposite of that. To hear from the soldiers themselves that that the war was pointless, that war in general is pointless, <laughs> it's the assertion that it's glorifying war that's insane i mean they they do it a little i mean um i think it's in the very first minutes of this film where one of the veterans says oh yeah i mean it was horrible um terrible whatsoever but under no circumstances uh i don't want to miss that okay yes because they survived they uh, we don't there's no such thing as a time machine you can't go back in time and change it. everyone has to live with their past and the only way these soldiers could live with with their past is is accepting it and it's possible to accept it without glorifying it and and additionally um not only do they say war is pointless they say all of their romantic beliefs about warfare were just gone. Because, again, I mean, that was what, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what made World War I such a different war, was we were coming into a new century, um, and, but people still had their old beliefs about war, where it was like, oh, my God, I'm so proud. My, my son is going to war. Like, I hope he dies because we're, that's going to make us proud. Like, like, people did have the, not literally, but people had romantic beliefs. This is what I understand. People had romantic beliefs about warfare. You know, this 17th, 18th century um, idea that, like, war was this thing that we just had to do. And, um, you know, and, and World War I changed that. I think um, I think there should be more documentaries like this. Really, I do. I do. Okay, yeah, I would agree. Um, uh, so what this documentary actually does is uh, uh, taking this um, chapter of history uh, which is little known for our generation um, because there aren't such things as archive like like really good archive footage you know uh when we're talking about world war ii or the vietnam war uh there are a bunch of uh, uh, snippets you can watch and see oh yeah that's that was horrible um so i think peter jackson did a good job uh his whole team did um it, it i mean But I have to admit, it has this very weird... I, I don't know how to put it in words, but see, the British, they have this really weird relationship to the First World War. Um, when you're in Britain, you see a lot of, of, of these uh, signs with a soldier uh, who's, I think, he, who's wearing these uh, First World War uh, uniform. Whatever. Uh, um, um, Yeah, you, you see the sign a lot in, in Britain, and they they 
commemorated in a, in a kind of uh, fetishized way. Um, well, anyway, so I, I just wanted to say, uh, uh, and this documentary has this whole vibe and um, at the end of the film, oh yeah, this is dedicated to my great-grandfather who fought in this war. I mean, he's from New Zealand. Um, What's your point? My, my, my point is that it it might not glorify war, but it's... Thanks. It's... Um, um, I, I don't know. It's... It, 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 from a German perspective, it's 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 hard to to see this documentary without without you don't have someone. There's no narrator to 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 give you a comparison. Okay. Well, it's not just the German perspective and the British perspective and the American perspective or the. We're dealing with many perspectives. There's the perspectives of the soldiers that I think is honestly the most important um and and we yes this is a a british documentary about british soldiers but it's arguably also about the german soldiers and the general theme at the end was this war is pointless and that we british are about the same as those germans we're the same people why are we fighting so so i would summarize as that that was the perspective of the soldiers War is pointless. We're the same people. Why are we fighting? That's the perspective of the soldiers. Then they even go far, further and they talk about the civilians back in Britain when they went back. And I mean, imagine people didn't talk about the war. We, we you know, today, that, that would be unimaginable today. That would be unimaginable when, when someone dies in the Middle East, we automatically know on our phones, um, our ability to, to know what's happening. I mean, well, that's uh, not to get too political, but um, we, we, you know, we have technology, we have the internet, we have film and television and mass media and the internet and, but it was entirely different a hundred years ago. And they really made us aware in this documentary that, oh my God, they were gone from home for four years. And when they got back, people didn't even care. Uh, there was some line and I forget what it was, but it was like, after four years, one of the soldiers came back and someone made some remark like, oh, you know, where have you been? You know, like very flippant. So, um, okay, so then you, you say the German perspective. And I think, yes, after time, the war um, becomes romanticized by the general public because, well, we won the war. Well, you know, if you, if you, if you weren't a veteran, I mean, your country won but i mean th there's that push and pull and it's true in germany between the individual soldier the soldiers who are actually doing the fighting and and, and the country at large and um that's yes that is the difference between between german culture and and british culture but that's more of um what has developed over time i think um at at, at the time the war ended uh, all the soldiers, no matter where they were from, were happy the war was over. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I really think, yeah, this documentary did not romanticize war whatsoever. Okay, and on that note, 
uh, we stop our discussion. Um, maybe a few last sentences. Would you recommend um, the documentary? Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Now, I kind of ranted. So for, for our last sentences, tell me more about what you were saying quickly about um, your view of World War One among what what you think British people view World War One as, or probably World War Two as well, right? Or yeah. Um, so what the British often do is they they romanticize World War One. You already mentioned it. Um, so and um, until now they refer to it as the Great War and not World War One. Um, I think it's kind of um, the um, the birthplace. The, the the modern birthplace, the modern birth of of a nation, the birth of a nation, another great another great are you, movie. Are you, are you D W Griffiths? <laughs> and did KKK coming to rescue you? <laughs> we are joking. Are we not? Who knows? I mean, we are some white guys with a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but we are not on Russia today. Okay. Yeah. Weiter, uh, okay. Weiter. Yeah. Weiter. Weiter. <clears throat> Immer weiter. Um, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, mm, what do what do we? Uh, Romantic. Yeah. So they they refer to the Great War, and it 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 seems like it is a big deal for them. Um, whereas, see, uh, for example, when you're talking about literature during that time, the British refer, let's say, poetry. The British refer to it as war poetry. Whereas, um, in Germany, German literature is referred as anti-war poetry, anti-war literature. Um, and that's a real thing. You can look it up. Um, there are brilliant, re really pure, brilliant uh, poems, uh, war poems um, out there. Uh, I forgot the titles, uh, but look them up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this whole documentary, I mean, it, it, it kind of shows the traumatic experiences from the soldiers um but again i'm i'm just sitting here in osnabrück thinking about this uh but i can imagine that in britain uh people people feel very proud to see this um and i think that's my point it is from a german perspective uh so unimaginable to be proud of soldiers you know Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I mean, we don't want to uh, to start a discussion about honorable soldiers uh, because that's not the topic of our podcast. Um, we will have this discussion now when we stop the recording. Um, but uh, yeah, I and I'm speaking also for Niels, for the whole Sinnebrüder team. Um, We highly recommend this documentary. Please do not uh, miss out the opportunity to watch this. Um, Christian, thank you very much for coming over from New Jersey. Um, so do you have like an Instagram where also uh, fans uh, can follow you or Twitter? Yes, I do. Uh, you can follow me at Christianity Springer, uh, like the religion and then my last name. Okay. Okay, guys, uh, thank you very much. If you like this first episode of Cinebuda International, please let us know in the comments. Um, and yeah, um, see you later. Bye-bye.